G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So, how do you get over the hurts of the past? You know, really let go so that they don't hurt you anymore. Well, today we're going to meet an amazing woman, Lorraine Watson, who has a real story to tell. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be back with you again. Today we're going to be chatting with someone who has a powerful, real-life, gut-wrenching story of forgiveness to tell. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet, Living an Authentic Life. I'd love to send you a free copy to help you live a life of worship, a life that impacts others the way God always intended. These days, psychologists and psychiatrists talk about the fact that the act of forgiving someone often results in healing. On Monday, I talked about some research with some incest survivors. 50% of whom were asked to participate in some workshops on forgiveness. The psychologists who conducted the research concluded that the forgiveness resulted in dramatically reduced anxiety and depression. I quote, We've never seen such strong results. Abuse, sexual, physical, mental, emotional, is actually much more common than we think. You probably don't know Lorraine Watson, but as someone who's travelled down that road, I was interested in talking this whole forgiveness thing through with her. Lorraine, welcome. It's good to be here, Bernie. Now, tell us a bit about your earlier years. You you had a tough time of it. Yes, I was born the sixth child in a family of nine. Uh-huh. The first, obviously, New Zealand. Yes, <laughs> the first daughter after yep. five sons. Yep. So that in itself was a problem. Yeah, tough going. <laughs> it was, um, but it was an extremely dysfunctional family as well. In what ways? Well, we had no money, uh-huh. and we had no um, emotional things going on in mm-hmm. the family. We had no support and there was also sexual dysfunction okay. as well. Now you were, you were saying that you went through some abuse. What what form did that abuse take? Uh, it was sexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was within the family and without. There were people like my father's friends and other people in the area. Uh, it was a very small area and it was a very, I would say, an incestuous area mm-hmm. really. How did that feel when you were growing up? I guess as a kid you don't know any different. Can you remember the sort of emotions and the feelings that you were going through with all of that? Well, I did know it was different. Right. <clears throat> I did know that it wasn't safe to bring uh, my friends home. Mm-hmm. And when I went to any other person's house, it was like I lived on a different level to them. Yeah, wow. There was just no recognition for me that I was a person in my own right, really. Yeah. yeah. What, what? I mean, okay, so you grew up and, and you became an adult. What impact did that have on you as an adult? Well, the first thing I think was that it was being sexually dysfunctional mm. myself. I did not know how to relate to people on a level that was healthy. I didn't know how to form relationships. I longed for them. But what I really found was that I wanted to be loved and the way that I knew love was definitely sexual and nothing else. Okay, so you got married, your husband, you had kids, affect your relationship with them? We married very young, Mm -hmm. and 
for all the wrong reasons. Right. But we did love each other, and because of my faith that my mother had passed on to me, really, um, I knew that my marriage was forever. Right. And so we worked very hard on our marriage. But we had six children very quickly, and I definitely was not a good mother. I did not know how to relate to them either. Okay. I just did not have relationship skills at all. So that was very hard yeah. for me. But I worked very hard. Right. That was um, what I thought you did to get on, was to work hard. Yeah. So how does how does all this come to a head? I mean, you, know, you sit here and you talk about it very calmly now. What happened for you? Well... I was always a churchgoer, and my husband also had joined the church. I had a belief in God, not a personal belief, but I knew he was there. But during um, that pregnancy of my sixth child, my body started to really dysfunction physically. Right. So my back started to act up. I could not sit down often. They had me in a surgical corset, Mm -hmm. which... Must be a bit hard when you're pregnant. Was very hard when I was pregnant. And there was a lot of pain. But I couldn't... If I stopped, it would be worse. So I pushed myself very hard. But during the later stages of that pregnancy, my back stopped functioning altogether. Well, what does that mean? Well, I just got sat down one day and couldn't get up. Right. And the pain was horrific, but then I lost all feeling from my waist down. Right. At this point, round about this point, I had cried out to God, if you are there, God, and I knew he was, but it was certainly desperation, if you are there, there must be something more than this. It's kind of a difference between knowing in your head and knowing in your heart, isn't it? Yeah, it was really. And so when I lost the feeling in, in my body, they took me off to hospital in an ambulance with oxygen, all the bells and whistles. And when I did arrive there, they found that I was in labour pains. It must be pretty scary. You're losing the, the functioning of your legs and your feet. You've got five kids, one on the way. That would be exciting. It was really bad because that's the only thing I remember about David's birth was right. that how on earth am I going to look after six children from a wheelchair? Okay, so you cry out to God. What happens? Baby's yeah. born? Well, I'm not sure of the timing, really, but somewhere among that, God heard my prayer, Hmm. and I found him in a new way. Through a prayer group, through a um, Pentecostal prayer group, Mm -hmm. and I gave my life to him in a new way, and I was baptised in the Spirit. Hmm. Now, that brought a lot of joy. I was very excited about that and thought that life was never going to be difficult again. But six weeks down the track, everything fell apart. And the first thing the Lord did with me was, through his word, show me the power of forgiveness, that I needed to forgive every person in my life. How do you do that? Well, really, it was a decision to start with. But I was very sure that this was God's word and that somehow I needed to do it. So I merely in my head really made that decision and then sat down and went through every single thing that I had gone through Mm -hmm. and consciously forgave said the words that I forgave these people what happened next then I had a real sense of God saying to me that if I was willing to forgive totally my father then he would find God which subsequently he did 40 years later Mm. (laughs) but It wasn't an emotional decision, really, but there was a lightness 
in myself after I had done that. But then the unexpected happened, Mm. that my body healed. My back was totally healed. I have had no problem with the back since then. So you you forgave. How long after the the forgiveness, active forgiveness, did the healing come? Well, the active forgiveness took a long period of time. Okay. Because it kept on coming up. Other incidents kept coming up. Mm. And so I guess the process took a few months, really. Mm Mm-hmm. And gradually my back just got better and better. And then I realised I didn't wear my corset and there was nothing wrong with my body. So not only my physical body, but there was something happening emotionally for me. People say, oh, okay, so she had a sore back and it got better. I mean, is that a real healing? I know it was a real healing because there was just no pain at all. And I can't remember not having pain in my back from a teenager. The only time I might get a twinge is when I know that my stress levels are high and I need to deal with something. Mm, But it's just tiny, not an ongoing problem at all. That's really great. Look, thanks so much for that, Lorraine. I'd love to catch up with you again tomorrow. We're going to talk about a different sort of forgiveness um, to do with the death of your son just not that long ago. So it'd be really great to to catch up tomorrow. Thanks so much for that. Thanks, No one likes a hypocrite. You don't, I don't, and yet so many of God's people, Christians, come across to others as being just that, hypocrites. And that's sad because God means for us, you and me, to have a powerful impact in this world. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Living an Authentic Life. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you become all that God made you to be. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. You can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.